Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Film. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker, and you gotta love buddy cop movies. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? And you know who, you know who else I really like? I really like Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan, one of the all-time greatest film stars. People don't talk enough about Jackie Chan, but you know, really, his star power is more than a lot of people can possibly imagine, possibly because of the Chinese market, but he's also just entertaining in his own right. So we sat down to watch Rush Hour and Rush Hour 2. Now, these are movies he made oh, with Chris Tucker, yes. and they're like so much fun. And uh, I, okay, let's just take some time right now. Let's go pause. Let's go watch them and uh, report back with our findings. Fuck yeah, dude. He ain't gonna be in Rush Hour 3, am I right, Chris? Yeah. I can't fucking wait for this great episode. Parker, I accidentally did something. I accidentally watched Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights. So you can tell me how Rush Hour was. You probably had a way better week than I did. Yeah, it was great. You know, there was a laugh a minute. There's some good action. But really, what was most important was the camaraderie. How was your experience, Chris? Well, it wasn't It wasn't anywhere near as good as I had hoped. I, uh, I kept hoping for Rush Hour, and instead I got Owen Wilson. I mean, sometimes... You know, if, if you're kind of, like, groggy, you're not really paying attention, Chris Tucker does kind of look like Owen Wilson. They, they so are. I understand how you could get it mixed up. Yeah, and they're both really funny. Who could forget Owen Wilson's great role in Friday? <laughs> Next Friday. Boy, that would have been a mistake. All right, looks like this episode's going to be about Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Night, so we're going to have to gird our loins and try to find something to say about these movies. Uh, in the meantime, Parker, do you have any news for us? mercifully no but don't worry i know what you're thinking it's been a couple weeks yeah maybe he's finally grown a conscience <laughs> but you forget how close we are to comic-con oh jesus consider this just that sweet sweet refractory period before i burst all over <laughs> you with hot comic news you're gonna be fucking miserable for the rest of the year i promise can't wait for that aquaman trailer friend where is uh, Comic Con being held this year? Who cares? Oh, I was wondering if like we there's no send reason the to attend any. To it. <laughs> Not it. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dress up like Nicolas Cage and Conair. <laughs> it is the hottest, sweatiest room on the fucking planet. Well, I bet you anything. That place is gonna smell like old meat. Okay, let's. But dude, you could go see the director's cut of Deadpool too. That'll be airing there. Oh, that's a thing. Good. Uh, you seem to really like that movie once you put your money where your mouth is. I'm feeling like there's going to be like 16 people in that room. 15 of them made it. Oh, child. <laughs> you can't imagine 
the Deadpool costumes and the thick, thick odor <laughs> emanating throughout that room. Uh, speaking of odors, let's talk about stuff that we watched this week. Uh, Parker, why don't you go first? Ooh, I have, I have a couple of good movies, but I have a whole bunch of garbage. I'm very excited. All right, let's go. So we start in the beginning. There's a movie you might remember that came out this year called Blockers with the little rooster emoji. Oh, I wonder what that rooster emoji could mean. I got, I could not imagine. It's probably vulgar. I don't care for it. So I red boxed it. It's actually really funny. Oh, hey. I had a really good time with it. Now, let me just put this in perspective because I know this will win you over. Okay. There's a pivotal scene in the movie where John Cena has to butt chug. <laughs> so that's all I need to say. Either you're in or you're out right there. Like, no other review necessary. Oh, yeah. If you want to watch John Cena stick a hose up his ass and funnel beer through it, you want to see blockers. If not, you probably should not be listening to this. I think after that. Oh, I'm sorry. I think I was just turned off by the marketing. I, I just saw it all over YouTube whenever I was trying to watch something. It is surprisingly good. I went in with very low expectations, and yeah, I mean, I'm what we always harp on. There's no good studio comedies, so we're at a whopping two this year. And you know what? That's that's a pretty high batting average considering the usual. <laughs> Tune in for our next episode on Amy Schumer's I Feel Pretty. No. <laughs> okay. Now, after that, I watched a movie that took me back to my high school years. A movie called Stay Alive. Now, Chris, oh boy. I remember the commercials for this movie dearly because of the tagline. You die in the game, you die for real. I took more notes watching Stay Alive than I did during Shanghai Noon or Shanghai Nights. <laughs> that is a thousand percent going to be a future post. Because not only is it obscenely garbage and, like, thoroughly entertaining, there's another cut of the movie that's 15 minutes longer that I need to find. Oh my god, are you serious? The entire premise of the movie is one is like, it's a haunted video game. And the game's in it for a significant chunk of the movie. And the movie, the game looks exactly like one of those, hey, we gotta tighten up the graphics on level three commercials. <laughs> like, it looks like absolute dog shit. And Frankie Muniz name drops G4 Tech TV. I, oh my goodness. It is incredible. One of the McPoyle brothers is a main character. It is, I wrote so much. I, I had so much fucking fun. Like, it is, like, in terms of being a film, it might be the worst thing I watched this week, but I would rewatch it before I rewatch anything else. It's so fucking garbage. I had a great time. So it definitely qualifies as a good bad movie. That is absolutely a hearty recommend. I was dying the entire movie. I'm, I'm looking for okay. So the the longer version is what the director's cut. Yes. Okay. There's there's a version on the Pirate Bay with one lone cedar. Oh, my fucking hero. Let me pull up this movie real quick. Because I want to read you these characters' names. Okay, please It's important it. to really... Okay, so we have Hutch, Abigail, Swink, <laughs> Phineas, Detective Thibodeau, Loomis, October, and Rex. Those are your main characters. Frankie <laughs> Muniz's name is Swink. For fuck's sake. Swink. It's it's so fucking good. Like, if you want just that real, real deep 2000s trash, and by the way, it rips off 
every movie from that time period. The main villain of the game looks exactly like the woman in black. It rips off Final Destination in one scene. Like, it'll just go to a scene for a kill and be like, we're just gonna do what this movie did. There's, like, a scene with a... It's essentially Samara from The Ring, like, almost copy-pasted. It's so fucking good. I... You know, I'm glad he had a good time. I have a feeling I'm going to have to watch it just the way that you're describing it now. Oh, buddy. There will be a fucking 8,000 word post in your future. Is this the last have... real movie that Frankie Muniz did? So he did this after Agent Cody Banks? Oh my god, let me see. I should have investigated this. Alright, Swink. Let's check you out. Oh man, he has been in some stuff, huh? Uh, Has he, though? I mean, he's been in things that exist. That's... Boy. That sucks. He did this, and he did Walk Hard, and then he did a bunch of things I've never heard of, including a couple TV spots, and then he disappeared forever. Oh my god, he's shorter than Cam. <laughs> <laughs> Leave him alone. He doesn't listen. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, not Frank Camino's talk. What else did you watch? I just want to talk about Stay Alive for an hour, I'm going to be honest. So I still had the Jones in. I needed more garbage, absolutely awful 2000s horror. And what should be under the customers always also watch tab, but Ghost Ship. Oh boy. Did, do I get to tell my Field family lore with this? Oh my. I live for Field Day stories. Okay, so my sister must have been like four years old, right? And, uh,. For some reason, Ghost Ship was on TV, apparently uncut. And sure. my dad saw, huh, Ghost Ship, that looks good. And uh, put it on, and uh, it's an opening scene where there's like, and I never understood myself, I was in the room, and I think this actually drove me out of the room, or I don't know, I think I had football practice or something. And uh, it, it's that scene with all the wires, and they're on like some sort of ship during like the Titanic era, and the the wires cross the ship really quickly and it cuts everybody to pieces. And then uh, it's a scene after it. All the people are like, there's one guy like trying to pull himself together, you know? And and uh, my dad says just innocuously, huh, that's going to leave a mark. And my sister screams, it cut him in two! So uh, that's very deep field family lore. <laughs> I appreciate every time your family makes an appearance. My dad loves telling that story. Oh my god! I just—I still have my Stay Alive notes up, and I just was reminded. So they find out that to beat the villain, spoiler alert, everyone, she has to see her own reflection. <laughs> what? So he uses his Alienware laptop to show her her reflection on its chrome exterior, <laughs> and then he lights her on fire. Oh, it's so so good. Oh man, I wish I'd seen this in theaters. Oh my god! I wish I could go back in time. But back to Ghost Ship. Yeah, that intro is fantastic. It is absolutely delicious. You can turn it off there. I've been racking my brain. I cannot think of a movie that has such a strong intro, and then just absolutely nothing afterwards. Like there are movies where the first scene is the best scene, but this first scene is a real, real high point, and then it's just absolutely nothing afterwards. I'm so I don't know why that. it exists. Oh, well, you know, at least it didn't last very long. But the <laughs> the highlight is, other than the intro, so they 
for the opening and closing credits, they tried to make it look like an old-timey movie with like the way their credits look. Mm-hmm. So they have that format for the end credits. But there's a Mudvayne song playing over there. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking killing oh, me. Oh, that's incredible. So, yeah. There's no... Just YouTube the opening scene, watch it again, and then don't think about it anymore. Let's see. I watched 1922, which is a Stephen King adaptation that oh. came out last year that literally no one talked about because it and Gerald's game came out and this just kind of appeared on Netflix with absolutely no fanfare and it's pretty good it's a pretty good spooky time that was you got Thomas Jane as an old-timey farmer murdering his wife for her land and then a bunch of spooky shit happens I was really hoping you said I watched 1922 and my heart kind of like stopped for a second did he watch a <laughs> silent you, movie <laughs> absolutely not damn it get fucked <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was pretty good well, that's good but then I watched a movie you're familiar with about one Scoobert Dubert. Now, I've made some wild claims in the past, and after rewatching this movie, I'm digging my heels in. That cast is perfect. Okay, let's, let's say what you want about the rest of the quality. Let's entertain debate here. Um, that cast is fantastic. I'm ready. Uh, Parker, the, the cast here is terrible. Uh, Matthew Wrong. Lillard is good. I will give you that. In fact, Matthew Lillard's great, okay? And he does a lot of heavy lifting here because he plays an excellent Shaggy. He is as good as, if not better than, Casey Kasem. Whomever was cast as Scooby-Doo, not good enough okay. already. Scooby-Doo, and, his voice is bad. And but really more than anything else, it's the CGI that bothers me. Holy moly, yeah. the CGI is That movie it has some scenes <laughs> where it's very clear, like, ah, uh, is it going to be ready on time? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Just... Gets overclocked, these motherfuckers. Yeah. It looks like they animated on a fucking Bitcoin rig. It owns. It's very clear. Actually, you know, you made a point that's like, yeah, Scooby-Doo doesn't look great, but everything else looks worse. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Scooby-Doo looks there. bad, but that is where all their focus was. Uh, I will say that Rowan Atkinson is good in everything he does, except perhaps Rat Race. So, okay. How very good. dare you? I'll give you that. Uh, as for whoever plays Velma, she is a smoke show. I will not you. criticize her. I'll She's in the portfolio. Or the uh, slideshow. Now, here's where I think the debate's going to be. I really do not like Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince Jr. in this movie. And I think what it comes down to is that Sarah Michelle Gellar is playing Sarah Michelle Gellar. She's not... She's not doing a Daphne Blank in this, right? She's just doing her own sort of, like, uh, take on what a character would be. This isn't Daphne, and it's not just the character that's wrong. It's like the performance doesn't add up. She's actually kind of rude to everybody. And as for Freddie Prinze Jr., Freddie Prinze Jr. was chosen for one reason, that he was with... uh, that he was with uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar at the time. That is the reason that he was cast, so that they would have a little bit more chemistry doesn't translate on screen for some idiotic reason and you're telling me that that's freddy he's nothing like he was in the cartoon which is a good thing because in the original cartoon remember he did not have a personality he was simply the leader he wasn't full of himself he wasn't checking himself out in mirrors he wasn't delivering the line i want you to defend this oh i'm a girl i can look at myself naked you you watch this whole movie you you didn't like turn it off after that you didn't like look over i didn't say the movie was good I said the, the casting was good. This is a movie made for children with like an 18 minute long fart sequence. I didn't say that was good. Think about all Dude, the money the spent. There's a fucking Sugar Ray concert in that movie. There are no good lines in that movie. God, I hate that movie so much. 
<laughs> anyway, I'm just... It's whatever. I'm just saying, Freddy Prince Jr., to me, is just awful. Now, there's another... Well, did you watch Scooby-Doo too? No. I thought about it, but it was like 3 a.m. and I decided to do literally anything else. I don't think I've seen it to this day, honestly. I have seen it. Um, my sister was like a really big fan. That checks out. Um, so it's weird that you would watch something based off a children's cartoon. Yeah, that almost never happens. Uh, I think Scooby Doo Two is uh, technically a little bit better. Um, you can tell some people are kind of losing it. Uh, like Matthew Lillard has a moment where it kind of seems like he's freaking out, but from the fact that he's in another Scooby Doo movie, uh, Alicia <laughs> Silverstone's the most obvious villain in the world. Uh, <laughs> from ye old Alfred, <laughs> but back from London to find some ghosts and ghouls. Mm -hmm. Also, Velma uh, gets another sexy outfit. Which, hey, look, I'm not going to complain about it. Uh, but right. more importantly than anything else, James Gunn wrote it, and you can kind of tell this guy's actually got a lot of talent. He's actually a pretty good writer, or so they say. And uh, he wrote them both, though. Like, and you hate the first one. Wait, what? Yeah, he wrote them both. He wrote the first one? He sure did. Oh, that his lines must have been changed or something, because there's no excuse. Like, there there are some lines in the second one where it's like, oh, wait, that's actually, there's some intelligence here. But it's ruined from the direction. You know, Roger Gazzanella is really the one who ruins it. Like, there's there's a scene where the way, you can tell the way it was written, it's pretty funny. Like, uh, he's, he's trying to get Scooby out of a room to have a private conversation with him. That's easier with a Mr. Crew. They can understand if you guys want to talk normally. You're the one who's always hanging out with that fucking dog. So he's like, I gotta think of a way to get him out of here. So he gets some like uh, some whipped cream and spreads it out. But he's like, oh, he's got rabies. And Scooby acts poorly about having rabies, and they're able to get out that way. That's funny because it's like it's it's a little too much for what would have been a really simple process. That's funny, but it's shot way too quickly. The reactions aren't right. Fre uh, Fred and Velma or Fred and Daphne clearly don't care. Uh, Velma's not even in the room. It's it's like it's it's just shot completely wrong if it had been written better it would have been fine there's there's velma talking about the use of the interrogative and all this other stuff it's it's like it's funny and i can tell that uh james gunn was trying really hard here i think that it's uh, uh well i don't know i just i and just you remember a lot of this movie yeah you know, some things stick with me other things i i can barely remember uh i do not remember the sugar ray concert in the first one <laughs> there is a sugar ray concert and the velma gets a close look <laughs> mark mcgrath has monster eyes and I fucking died laughing. Huh, you really like this uh, Scooby-Doo movie, huh? Yeah. Parker. Speaking of Scooby-Doo. Yeah. You seem to be a pretty big fan of it. No, I. the original series sucked. The movies sucked. Even the spin-off movies with just Shaggy and Scrappy and Scooby sucked. But Have you ever heard one? of the show called Mystery Incorporated? No, what's it like? Oh, it's pretty good. You might be into it. You seem to like cartoons. I don't know how you haven't heard of it, though. Yeah. Uh, it seems like it'd be right up your alley. It seems like a thing made for you that you would ask me to watch for the last year. Well, dedicated listeners, both of them, would remember that uh, long, long ago I recommended this show to you heartily, thinking, hey, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated is one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. It'd be right up your alley, Parker, and you said, yeah, jerk off motion into infinity, and then you decided to actually sit down and watch it. <laughs> Look, I, I gave it like six months, like maybe eventually it'll show up on Hulu or something, and then it didn't, so I just gave in and downloaded it. It's so fucking good. We burned through about seven episodes, and then went to sleep, and uh, if we were recording this now, we'd probably be watching more. It's well, so either good. that or There's Veep so many again. references. Veep is incredible, I swear to God. <laughs> I can't believe the you got first the episode. entire thing and then you went back and oh, let's do it again. I mean, to be fair, 
Like, she stays up way later than me, so it'll just keep running while I'm asleep. But that's not important. What's important is that this show, this cartoon for children... Is good. It is and well. Like you it. say it's for children, and then you actually did bring up kind of a good point. It's like it's, it might be a little bit scary for kids. There are some scenes that would fuck little Parker up real bad. See the one those crocodile thing. people. You can fuck off. That'll fuck up my whole night. The, the I think it was a scene where like the kids are transforming into monsters. Did you see that? Yes. That that whole oh episode God. that was so well shot. That was like wait that's those actually fucking creepy. kids drag Shaggy off, and it's literally. The last shot in Wreck, which is one of the scariest movies I've seen in this decade. You can tell that whoever made it put in, like, way more time and effort and love than any other iteration of Scooby-Doo, with the possible exception of the Johnny Bravo crossover. In that same episode, they're hiding in the closet, like, oh, yeah, that's that's the Halloween scene with Laurie in the closet. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you say, show. And it's, oh, wait till you get to the Harlan Ellison episode. I don't know who that is just died okay well anyway you know actually here's a here's something for you i think scooby-doo mystery incorporated is better cast than the movie is well that's voice casting that's different you can get literally anyone well still you get the original friend to still do his voice that's great i do love that recurring joke of just hearing frank welker's eddie roscoe oh man being in high school is difficult gang (laughs) it's funny every time that he's just this incel he's essentially rain man who only cares about traps see every episode has had a like a a b plot of daphne desperately wanting to fuck fred and just being like yeah so uh tensile strength of this rope's pretty intense let me go pound off now so for uh for that show what i really like about uh fred is that unfortunately i watched it during an era where the internet was the internet to me so for him to say traps like that i kept thinking whatever he said <laughs> and he was talking about traps weekly as traps magazine i was like oh my god does he mean the internet version of traps oh thank god no he's still talking about it rube goldberg with a but with like a a bee catcher's net or something <laughs> Yeah, I'm very, very into the show. Let's talk about reading Traps magazines, and I read it for the articles. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, fucking Fred is, like, de- furiously denying that he pounds off to Traps. <laughs> <laughs> By, like, episode three, it was mutually agreed, like, oh yeah, come every October, this show is just going to be on in the background. Oh, thank Because the way it's drawn and colored is, and the music, mm. That's the thing. It when that little haunted seriously. organ plays over the WB logo, I just get excited immediately. And and it, there's a theremin. God damn it! Who doesn't love a good theremin? It takes itself seriously when it's supposed to, and it very clearly has fun with itself when it's supposed to. Like, uh, you know how like almost every single Scooby Doo episode will be like, oh, we're leaving clues, and you can kind of pick them up along the way, and it's always like some sort of twist. It wasn't this creepy guy like you thought. It was someone else the whole time. <laughs> the ladder salesman. <laughs> There's one episode that acted that like actually kind of bugged me because it turned me on. So I think it was it was they're like chasing like a ghost truck or something like that, and oh, yeah. they're not putting stuff together fast enough in their heads. Like it it almost feels like remember in the Wizard of Oz when they get to Oz, the Emerald City, and uh, they're like looking up at uh, the side that says uh, it says please knock uh, on door or something, and they all point at the sign and read each word please knock don't ring or bell or something like that and i'm like oh that's like the sign that this was not made for everyone this was made for babies it's like the show is almost like nick jr level in the way it pieces together those clues but 
oh, there's going to be an episode. That all Just about every single episode in here is really, really good. And when it starts to take itself more and more seriously, that's even that's when it's even better because it's like, look, we have like serious family drama going on, all these other issues. Fucking Scooby-Doo constantly cucking Velma. <laughs> all she wants is for this fucking weirdo horror loser to just bone down at her house and Scooby-Doo just appears with treats. I don't care for the interpretation of it. I mean, I feel like it's unfair. It makes me look stupid. <laughs> See, because it, it's one of those shows that's really honest. Guess what? Teenagers are horny. Teenagers want to fuck each other. You know? The original show I never betrayed that. Now that I'm Shaggy paying no attention to the woman into him so we can watch horror movies with his dog. I'm just nodding like, uh-huh. <laughs> That's fine, I guess. Boy, that's fine. I feel sorry for those guys. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Ribbed for her pleasure. Ew. <laughs> like, ah, oh, you just, just turned eight years of my life into a cartoon, huh? That's whatever. So Shaggy says, uh, Shaggy accidentally says, Jinky says, Tim Swings, and uh, Garth looks at the screen, oh, he's smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Scoob, marriage is punishment for shoplifting in some countries. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, you watch anything else? I have one last thing. Okay, here we go. I went to the Alamo last night, got me a drink of Saurus. Yes. Saw Ant Man. Wouldn't you know? Oh, I thought it was going to be Won't You Be My Neighbor. No. Saw the newest Marvel movie. Yeah. It's kind of bad. Oh. Kind of not good. Yeah. Kind of really disappointing. Oh. Because, like, going in, the baseline's like, well, Marvel doesn't really make bad movies. Like, they make some that are boring and some that aren't as good as others, but they're usually not bad. And it's got Paul Rudd. But it's not funny. Well, it it's mostly jokes. Wrong. And most of the jokes are not funny. <sighs> like, at all. It's a shame. I really like that trailer. Because, like, by the way, there's about three action scenes, and one of them was the one that was in every trailer. Oopsies. Oops. Yeah. Um... So here's the thing. It's like, you know, you've got Tony Stark. You know what his character is. You know Captain, Captain America. America. You know his character. Scott Lang is Paul Rudd, but he loves his daughter. Full stop. That's the character. It's Paul Rudd doing Paul Rudd things. But the jokes are... Like, here's the conflicting part. Because there are tons of jokes that are, like, set up in the first act that are called back to or pay off again later. Like... Care was taken into this. They spent a lot of time setting up a whole bunch of jokes. And my crowd, they were fucking dying. It was a room full of people who had not been poisoned by irony posting for the last 15 years. There's just middle-aged people with their kids just hooting and hollering, laughing over punchlines, like having a great time. And I just... I don't understand. I, I mean, that was the same way when I was watching... It seems like... Isn't that like the most depressing thing when you're like in, you're in a big budget movie and you go and see it in a crowd because you think oh it'll be better in a crowd when everyone's going at the jokes will be better I, I did that for Deadpool at work but when everyone starts laughing at stuff it's like they're laughing at stuff that isn't funny and that always seems to kill me you know yeah they were they ate up every single fucking joke there were a couple moments I smiled at I mean we got Walton Goggins in a movie which boy <gasps> sure wish he was the villain because he's not in it nearly enough. I think every single movie that has him in it is good. Alex and I had the exact same reaction. Like, boy, every time he's on screen, I wish this was the movie instead. But it's not. Hey, Chris, do you remember the Quantum Realm from the first one? Where he goes, like, subatomic and there's all that weird shit in there? Oh, yeah, that's really dangerous. He shouldn't spend a lot of time in there. 
There's a huge chunk of the movie that's all about using the word quantum, and literally none of it makes a single goddamn bit of sense if you think about it for five seconds. Oops. Well, that's unfortunate. But. Do you have any plans on seeing it? Because if not, I really want to spoil something for you. Uh, I'll probably see it eventually, but you can go ahead and spoil it for me. Alright, spoiler warning. So the mid credit scene is the meanest gut punch I've ever seen in one of these movies. Go for it. So they spend this whole movie, like, trying to fucking get uh, Hank's wife back. You know. Peg? Because that's the whole thing. What? A t- yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mayamo Peg Pim. <laughs> so the whole fucking thing is how to get in there and get her back. And they spend the whole movie and we get her back. And it's Michelle Pfeiffer's and oh my god, the family's whole again. Everything's great. Scott Lang's off house arrest. He gets to be with his daughter. Everything's great. So the mid credit scene is, alright, so we're going to go into the quantum thing to get a bunch of who's a what's it calls it. So Paul Rudd shrinks, goes into the quantum whatever it is, and he finds it. He's like, alright guys, count me bound. Alright, five, four, three, static, cut back, and they're all three dust. They're just fucking gone like everyone from Infinity War. And he's stuck in this fucking microscopic hell universe. It's so uncalled for. Holy shit, he's gonna die in there. It's so unnecessary. Because everyone else from the movie is just fuck. It cuts back and you just see their equipment sitting there. Just fucking dust. Like, haha. You wasted your time. It's so unnecessary. Christ. It almost raised it like a full star in my head just for such a swift dick kick. And then the very, very end, it does the, you know, they all do the Captain America will return. Iron Man will return. It says Ant-Man and the Wasp will return. And then a question mark popped up. I was like, ah, fuck you. You win. <laughs> you got me, sons of bitches. Well, what about all the kids whose favorite Marvel character is Ant Man? She was so upset. She wanted to see it just for Paul Rudd shenanigans, and he does not do enough in this movie. I'm so sorry. I could have stayed home, but then I wouldn't have had a drink of Saurus. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say it evens out. But yeah, very good drink. Like, it reminded right? me, a, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Reminded me a lot of X Men Apocalypse, where it ended. I went to sleep, woke up the next day. I was like, yeah, that was a movie I saw. There were there were people in it. Um, Checking it off. A lot of the perfor- performances were pretty good. You know, uh, yeah, story was dumb. I enjoyed the first 20 minutes being almost nothing but Michael Douglas looking like he wanted to fucking murder everyone on screen with him. <laughs> Just, uh, man, what a letdown. Oh, well. Speaking of letdowns, uh, I guess it's my turn here. Absolutely. Parker, last time I, I did that segment, uh, what would you like to watch next week? And I had a bunch of 1951 movies I wasn't able to make time for. Um, Same. I didn't start Twin Peaks, I, so high five. <laughs> I wanted to watch an anime, you know? Like, I saw this one. It's been <laughs> advertised on Facebook. And I was like, yeah, what could possibly go so wrong? So wait a second. So the target marketing saw your post and went, you know what? Let's give Mr. Field some anime. Look, just don't... Today's been rough, okay? You don't have to fucking shit on me like this. So as the senior anime correspondent, what did you watch this week? I watched Darling in the Franks. Uh, it is, it, it's me? a mech anime, and, uh, okay. so, yeah, we're talking. I've never actually seen a mech anime, so I was like, okay, this will be cool, because, like, I really like Ikaruga, I was like, maybe it'll be like that, and it's like, oh no, they're, they're like, they look like giant robots. <laughs> what? what? That's such a weird connection, maybe. This might be from, like, that one Dreamcast game I played. 
Yeah, because you play a spaceship and you shoot people. Oh, buddy. I thought Max would do that. for the rudest awakening. Indeed, I was. Uh, the first episode is, I have to admit, it was a little cringeworthy. Like, like every single anime, the animation's not very good, because uh, they don't have a uh, budget for animation, so it's just, stuff is kind of stu- too staticky, you know? The animation doesn't really flow. Um, and the giant robot has boobs, so... I don't okay. really end. Speaking my language. Yeah, here's the thing. So the basic idea of Darling of the Franks is it's uh, a boy-girl pair. This the show's really uh, was heterocentrist or whatever. Yeah, yeah sure. That's probably a word. Yeah, I think it's that thing where it's like it keeps focusing on uh, heterosexuality and kind of discounts homosexuality. It does it. It'll, it'll address homosexuality later, but it's like basically it's a boy-girl pair, and they have to pair up in these uh, giant robots called Franks. And uh, the boy is, is fucking terrible. The boy is sitting in uh, a seat, and the girl is in front of him, very much doggy style. And when they pair up, it really kind of sounds sexual. Like the girls always seem to like whimper and arch their backs a bit. And you're like, oh my God. so yeah, I know. Uh, um, Your last two weeks is everything. Is everything like? Do we need to talk like off mic? Is everything cool? So I ended up enjoying. Do I need to fly? Do I need to like book a ticket? Like, is everything all right? You do need. We to care about you. We are your friends. The show is self care. Anyway, so I watch it. I remember. I, <laughs> so again, I watched this whole thing in the first episode. And I'm like, oh, what the hell? What are they, what, is, what are they trying to do here? So I, I like, better watch the whole series just to make sure nothing weird happens. Yeah. So I actually ended up watching uh, the second episode, and the second episode was the one that hooked me. I was like, wait a second, they're they're doing this for a reason. You know, this isn't just, oh, fan service, you get to see the curvature of her butt. You know, it's like, no, there's something here. I, I looked it up, too, to confirm, and I was right. This shows a, a bit of a metaphor. This is something that the creator made to kind of address the fact that there are a whole lot of neats in Japan. And uh, he's like... Don't say Yeah, that. and it turns out it's like, look, I'm trying to convince boys and girls to have relationships. Because it's really tough in Japan right now, you know, with the, the work and education and all the pressure and everything. That they need to step outside. They need to have some sort of emotional romantic connection. And uh, the show does that pretty aptly. And shows that when men and women work together, aka fuck, then they can do great things. And it's uh, it's kind of neat. But also there's a, there's a running undercurrent of... Uh, you know, humanity. It's it's very very science fiction in a good way, uh, not like Star Wars. And it, it kind of right. goes like, Whatever. <laughs> it's like, what does it mean to be human? And, uh, and what about these authoritarian things that we have, you know, crushing over us? And what is our destiny? And uh, what, what does time mean? And all these other things. And it's actually a, a decently interesting story. The characters are decently uh, well explained. And here's an interesting thing. And boy, I know you're going to have a joke ready for this. Parker, I've always kind of had a problem when I'm watching an anime, especially one like this that's kind of made for adults uh, or or older audiences. I've kind of had a problem when the characters don't fuck, and uh, <laughs> I was I'm just ready Sorry. for you to be like, Chris. There's another genre of anime where they do. <laughs> So Bible black. No. You're a <laughs> uh, I told you my dad's joke about hentai, right? I'm sorry. What? Okay. So this isn't even. Uh, this is an actual scene. Uh, right. Field family lore again. Uh, <laughs> my sister and I were talking about tattoos, and I was like, I don't think I want to get a tattoo. And my sister's like, I would only get one of those uh, tattoos like on the beach that doesn't last for very long. And my dad's like, 
what do they call him? A hentai tattoo? <laughs> he completely dead ass said that, and my sister and I were screaming. He's like, "Wait, what? Wait, what's it? What? Did, what? Did, what's going on?" I'm like, "Dad, it's a hentai." Tattoo. He's like, "I don't know. I don't have tattoos." And so now he says hentai tattoo whenever someone says tattoos. So we have to make sure no one brings up tattoos when he's in public. Christopher the octopus <laughs> has many appendages. <laughs> Chris, check out my back. I can make a dance. <laughs> I can make a rookie chant dance. Uh, now, if I, if I flex my bicep, Sonic's foot <laughs> clinches down. Oh, I'm not cutting any of that. Always so. goes back to Sonic's big blue feet. <laughs> in his nude room. So, uh, <laughs> we're, we're, that's going to be the name of the studio. The main recording studio is going to be called Sonic's Nude Room. Welcome to Sonic's Nude Room. Uh, we're going to... Uh, <laughs> Blue mood lighting. <laughs> so, about the show, it's like, my problem, again, with this anime, especially the romantic anime, because this is ultimately a romance, is that you very rarely see characters actually hook up. They'll just... They won't even confess their love. They'll just say, you'll always be my special childhood friend or something like that. And it's like, oh, why are you doing this? And I found out the reason. It's kind of bald face. It's because the fans like to ship the characters. Ship short for a relationship. You wouldn't understand. And they like to say, oh, I like to imagine that Ash will instead fuck Brock or something like that. Who cares? And I'm like, I, I just kind of like it when you say, no, this is how I envision the characters. I want them to be like this. You know? I don't care about your fan art. This is the way I want it to be. And uh, this show actually kind of goes through with it at one point uh two of the characters actually you don't see any of it but they spend the night with each other and they wake up in the same bed and you're like oh you can understand what's going on and it's treated as a big deal and then even better they get married and even then there's like oh, oh more drama going on it's like hey that's actually really really cool you know and one character is clearly meant for this other it's like it's they can't even do like the harem anime sort of thing it's like no 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 he is hers and hers alone and there's nothing you guys can do to change it like no way she'll fucking kill somebody and how I don't know, I like many that. episodes did you watch 21 so jesus tap dancing christ i actually see that's the thing so it's on vrv and you can watch the first 13 episodes for free and i was like it's like oh you can get the free trial and watch the other ones so i was like okay so there's three more episodes to go and i'm gonna i i like to finish things that i start again this is a good enough show that's i i can give out a thorough recommendation for this however uh i went online afterwards i finished the 20th episode right and i was like yeah this is good i watched it dub because subs are for babies and i i went online and i was looking up i searched for franks on uh on twitter and rest in peace bean dog apparently i am the only <laughs> gosh bitch fucking bean dog <laughs> apparently i am the only <laughs> that secret hentai recipe <laughs> shut up roll that hentai footage <laughs> okay so apparently i'm the only one who actually likes darling in the franks now i have a lot of friends that work who watch anime so i brought up i was like i was like hey apparently i'm the only one who likes darling in the franks what's what it gives and they're like what no that that show's really popular it's really good all my friends like it you know i think it's pretty good don't spoil it for me i haven't seen all 21 episodes chris you fucking nerd and i was like yeah but everyone online was just saying it was no they're good and no one's given me like a concrete explanation of why it's bad besides uh giant robot has boobs um but i was like oh that's that's so weird Maybe, am i the asshole again so uh what i did was i uh, popped in the first blu-ray of avatar the last airbender and i was like oh so that's what a real show looks like uh it's awesome that you went from like 
watching anime to learning about mecha anime to learning about <laughs> anime fans on the internet in the span of a week. Just that full cycle of abuse. I'm proud of you. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender is a masterpiece. It is one of the best works of art ever created. Uh, there is no bad episode. Uh, there, There isn't even like a bad moment in the series, as far as I can tell. It's animated so much better than any anime I've ever seen in my life. And it's, I mean, the drawings are great. <laughs> the, the Foolish words of a man on the edge of football season. You're going to have plenty of opportunities to test that theory. Oh, God. Yeah, people don't forget that you made me watch the fucking Hamtaro Christmas special. This elephant doesn't forget. Oh, like you're you gonna... suffered so much. Fuck. I had to watch Steven Universe. and uh, You're going to fucking hate this season, I promise I'm already you. on disc two for Avatar Last Airbender. That show, I, I love it so, so, so much. I love it more than most of my favorite movies. Uh, when your girlfriend finally makes you watch that show, I promise you, you will enjoy it. Um, I'm also thinking of something else, and uh, this is something I want to get out of the way, because I know you haven't seen it yet, but uh, as much as I think you're going to love Avatar The Last Airbender, um, when you finally get around to watching Season 5, and you, knowing you, you'll want to watch Seasons 1 through 4 first, you know, if you give a mouth yeah, off and sort of thing. Once you get around to watching Season 5 of Samurai Jack, you are going to go bonkers. It is one of the best seasons of any TV show ever made. Like, everyone talks about how, you know, season one of True Detective was good and season two sucked. It's one of those things where seasons one through four were good, and season five is, oh my god, this is a Kira Kurosawa level. Like, it is... It is oh, is that another reason. anime? I love that one with I Tetsuo will. and the bike and the blob guy. Now, hey, now that one's actually well animated. Ha, huh, so, so you concede your point already. No, but uh, yeah, I got to tell you, Good. Avatar: The Last Airbender is a lot of fun. It's this is the show. Um, it's I think that might actually be in my top five shows. Also, want to get on Batman the animated series. I gotta get that Blu-ray too. Um, Look, I don't know when that Blu-ray is coming out, but when it does, hold but if shit. that story is true, that the DC's new streaming thing is gonna have that on there on HD. Looks like I'm subscribing to something else because yep. I need to rewatch it. If they have that and all the Justice League episodes someone's got a lot of vacation time. See, that's the thing is, like, you're talking about uh, Animaniacs. Like, oh, I'll watch Animaniacs before work. That's a good use of time. But I watched both Animaniacs and Batman, the animated series growing up. And I was like, oh, they're always on the same level. I can't pick which one's better. I've thought more about it. Batman, the animated series is not just better. It's a lot better. Well, yeah, it's one of the best cartoons in history. Well, so is Animaniacs, though, I would argue. I mean... Parts of Animaniacs. Okay, that's a good point. There's Animaniacs some without there. the good feathers. <laughs> that's a good point too. <laughs> those segments fucking blow. Yeah, those those aren't. Well, I like the West Side Story episode. That one made me laugh. But uh, I have to admit, so I watched a lot of Good Feathers growing up as, as part of Animaniacs. I was like, yeah, that's. It was, I I don't get the point of it. That I I had to do Goodfellas for a twelfth grade uh, for a twelfth grade project, and. Uh, <laughs> It just as soon as we started off with as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. I was like, "Oh, like a good fit." Oh, <laughs> well, I get it now. And I was just like, "Huh," kind of feel like I should go back and watch those pigeon movies. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking pesto! You think I am a content creator? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby just laughing at him. Jeez, that is really you, me, and the male Alex right there. <laughs> Three stupid fucking birds. Why do they call him Squid? They couldn't come up with something for Ray Liotta. 
<laughs> Most likely. I have to admit, Pesto was just funny the way that it was. Okay, so uh, what else did I watch? Besides Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights. I watched uh, Soul Taker. Ooh. Yeah, that uh, that's actually Shane, a real good episode of Mystery Science Theater 2000. Soul. Joe Estevez and Robert Zadar. Oh, Zeno. <laughs> <laughs> His jaw is enormous. <laughs> He, his face is literally the Chad me. <laughs> He's so strong. I'm pretty sure he died from big face-itis, so rest in peace, you <laughs> sonic warrior. Um, <laughs> R.I.P.D., you literal fucking boardwalk caricature of a human being. <laughs> I miss you dearly. It's called Cherubism. Do not Google Robert Zadar on image uh, search. It's uh, upsetting. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was alright. And I also watched with the female Alex a girl uh we watched Gross. we watched oceans eight how was that buddy uh, well, let's, let's talk about the good and the bad the good is that everyone's been talking about how the best part of the movie is the performances and like yeah it's a really talented cast i remember walking in like is this one of the things that just say on paper is like look we have famous people in it no when they say talented they're talking about talents here everyone is really showing off what they can do besides rihanna and uh you can see, like, wow, Sandra Bullock really is that good. Anne Hathaway, this is like a top three Anne Hathaway performance, you know? Like, she's killing it in this. She's almost as good in this as she was in Colossal. And uh, Mindy Kaling is great. Aquafina, I've never heard of her before this movie. She's fantastic. Um, who else do I really like in it? Um, oh, Helena Bonham Carter. Holy shit. She's, she's Helena Bonham Carter might be the second best actress in this movie. And I, I don't know. I, th- I think uh, as far as performances go, they were killing it. The one thing is, like, I'll give Rihanna a little bit of credit here. She's probably a better actress than what she gave on the screen. She just didn't have any meat to chew. It's really the writer's fault for not giving her enough interesting lines to deliver. Everyone else is doing something really, really interesting or funny or, or creative or, or kind of cool. Uh, the other thing is that the uh, second and third acts were very, very well done. So I like that. Uh, two real problems here for me. Um, oh, you know, one more positive, and this is a big fucking deal, uh, as Joe Biden might say. It's one of those situations where every single character is not defined by their relationship to a man, and I think that means a lot. I don't like saying. I don't understand. See, that's the thing. How am I supposed to know which lady's a good broad? See, that's the thing. It's like I'm just like, oh, this is so. I guess Sandra Bullock's character is the sister of Danny Ocean, but she seems like her own character. She seems like her own sort of person, her own sort of individual. She's not necessarily tied down to that. I mean, the cops will like profile her for that, sure, but everyone else is like, yeah, it's not like they have a man in their life to uh, relate to. It's just they are their own person. And, and I think in other movies, they always like, and this is so-and-so who is the wife of this other person or the girlfriend of this or this or whatever this and they're always tied down to this other uh man and i told alex this and she was like yes chris this movie passes the bechdel test with flying colors and i was like good. hey buddy don't go too deep into our thoughts on shanghai noon and night just yet friend well we'll get to that too um poor lucy lou uh, lucy lou flu so um Jesus. As far as the negatives for this movie, and there are quite a few, the first act is at best insufficient. Like, think back to Ocean's Eleven, where they're gathering the team there. Or think back to any heist movie. Think about Rufifi. Or uh, Asphalt or Jungle. Uh, Rufi- the monkey from Lion King? Just... Uh, <laughs> give me I'm gonna a... paint your face with the fruit. 
Behold Chris. The laugh he All this content you see before you. The laugh he gives when, when Simba has returned is the same laugh that you give me when Pat Chung misses an interception and we lose to the Bills by one. <laughs> <laughs> so just fucking pick a movie off the wall, throw it at you, cackling, swinging a big old walking stick around. You're just holding up Purge 4 like Simba's body. <laughs> <laughs> it means no worries. Except for this one night of the year, Chris. <laughs> Anything goes. Oh my god, I can't believe the Purge TV series starts right around the time the football season starts. <laughs> it's like the Lord has willed this to you. What has God wrought? Anyway. Um... Hey, you know what would be a really good place to experience the Purge? On USA. <laughs> you fucking oh idiot. My god, my dad's oh, you're going to be it. so gut. My dad's going to watch it. love it. You, oh my god, you, can I get episode reports? You, you do realize he watches more Gotham than anyone else in the world. <laughs> oh my god. Can you just... Look, I've, I've asked you before. Just leave just, the recorder Just room. fucking put it behind a pillow. And just ask him, like, so what's going on with Fish Mooney there? Uh, they caught her trying to uh, bring weapons through Gotham. So, I mean, he's not the Penguin yet, but he's gonna be the Penguin. You're doing a better impression yeah. of him the more you hear him. And it's just... Just let him go for like four hours, yeah. please, God. So, Dad, why is Selena Kyle older than uh, Bruce Wayne? Well, Chris, you have to understand it's a television show, and in this show, you have to think back to season <laughs> three where she was. I'm like not listening. Bunch of liberal bullshit, Chris. Like, oh fuck. So back to Oceans Eight. Uh, yeah, it's like, oh yeah. Honestly, Oceans Eleven did the first, the uh, first act much better than Oceans Eight, and that's all I could think about because I really like the first act of Oceans Eleven. Um, the other problem here and. I think this is a problem I have with all the Oceans movies and a lot of other big budget movies like this in general, is that there's a certain lack of humanity here. Uh, someone tried to tell me, and it wasn't Alex, uh, I'll give credit to Alex, Alex really liked this movie, and I love that, you know, and she had very, very good uh, uh, positive criticism for it, so I, I like that. I, I like when people enjoy stuff, you know, that, that makes me happy. Uh, You're on the wrong show. I, th I think I think what I, I didn't like about it, again, the lack of humanity. Someone tried to tell me that uh, all the characters have their own drive for this. I think at least half the characters do not have a drive for this, unless their drive is to get $32 million. Yeah, the human condition to have $32 million. I, I understand where they're trying to come from from that, but I, I just did not like it. I, I did not like that uh, I didn't really connect with any of the characters and not because they're all women it was more that uh i i just didn't really sign on with it i was like but what does any of this mean where where have i come from this ultimately i spent a lot of money on this movie and i don't know that i i got any better when i walked out of the theater you know at, at least incredible stew probably had a bit more humanity in here this just it felt anti-humanist in some sort of way and I, I guess I could give it a recommendation. Yes, this passes the time. Yes, this is funny. Yes, this is entertaining. I'm not going to say that awful bone mode that it's a... Uh, yes, that certainly is a movie. I don't like saying that, but yeah, it's, you know, it's fine enough. It just didn't really uh, crack me over the head and tell me, yes, this is great, and look what a good person you are for watching it. It lacks the humanity of a stay alive or a stay alive director's cut. Which, <laughs> and you know what? That's fine. Not all movies are going to hit that peak with Frankie Muniz talking about G4 and then playing a video game that kills people. You gotta love it. Uh, they, yeah, they didn't play any video games in this. What the hell? Although, I want to watch more Alcafina. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a movie about women. <laughs> Am I right? Gotcha, Alex. You can't defend yourself. <laughs> Suck shit. Uh, ultimately, I guess I can give it like a. a I guess I could give a recommendation. My sister liked it too. Maybe maybe I'm just the asshole again. Who knows? 
broads, am I right? Uh, <laughs> just two guys talking shop on here, you know. <laughs> two white guys talking about movies. Well, you know, you have to get a white man's Finally. opinion on... Uh... Yeah, exactly. I'm glad you all enjoyed your little movie. But now it's time to talk, talk shop here. Let's talk about Owen Wilson. Yeah, let's talk about Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights. So, Parker... In Rush Hour, <laughs> uh, <laughs> actually, we we got to we got to talk about Jackie Chan, don't we? God, I wish you picked Rush Hour in Shanghai. I, the entire. Well, I wish I had picked Rush Hour in Rush Hour too. I'm gonna be honest with you. Same. Like I was originally going to go with a hot take. My hot take was for the first act of uh, of Shanghai Nights. It's like, wait, this might be better than Shanghai Noon. And then the second act and third act went on and on. And All on. that goodwill's gone real yeah, quick. Yeah, exactly. I think after watching Shanghai Noon, I was like, oh, Rush Hour 2 is a lot better than this. You know, yes, I really correct. I really do strongly believe that. But, like, boy, the first Rush Hour, it's not a masterpiece, per se, but as far as kung fu comedy goes, you're not going to find anything better, I think. Like, you can just hear Chris Tucker yelling Tao" <laughs> for the rest of the night. Like, you close your eyes and you just... You can feel it yo, deep into your bones. Yo, that little Asian girl is the funniest thing. Like, when she's singing that uh, that pop song in the car, the Secret Service are just kind of, like, looking at each other. <laughs> you could tell she was having the time of her life making the movie. <laughs> God damn it, I wish we watched that. I know, the fucking the scene with the steering wheel. Um, I, I just thought uh, Chris Tucker is hysterical in that movie. Why is he not in more things? Is he like Martin Lawrence, where he's just an insane person and like can't be hired for his own good? I think he, I think he actually considers himself an artist, and that he's only going to work on projects that he cares about, like Friday and uh, the Fifth Element. Fifth Element, which hey, he was the only good part of that movie. Um, I, I don't like that movie very much at all. Same. I had a bad experience though. Fuck it. Uh, but I, I did too. It was called Watching the Fifth Element. Yeah, yeah, folks. Yo, uh, this this movie, I gotta tell you, uh, this movie would have been better with Chris Tucker in it. They probably would have made just as many black jokes as they did in Wild Wild West. But at least we wouldn't have to put. A I don't think I could have taken that twice in a row. It's a good point. Yeah. Uh, boy, he is. He's. So don't good worry. I hope you guys like hearing the term Chinaman, because uh, Jesus. That's not even an effective slur, like you think about it. Like, that's just pushing. It doesn't even roll off the tongue. Yeah, it's just, you're just pushing two words together. Like, that That doesn't even work. <laughs> all Japan man is like, it's oh, all, hey, it's all about the delivery. Yeah. It is. You give Walton Goggins a script that says Chinaman, you know what you're getting. You know, it's unfortunate. A lot of I, I want to talk about Walton Goggins, but I want to talk about Rush Hour even more. So, in the second Let's movie... Let's pivot. I'll be back in 90 minutes. <laughs> Fucking Jackie... Here's an interesting thing. Jackie Chan uh, doesn't like Rush Hour very much. And he, they asked him about it, and he was like, well, yeah, it made me a lot of money, but I don't understand the humor. American humor and Chinese humor is very, very different. Now, this leads me into a point that I really like. Uh, I laughed once during Shanghai Noon. That doesn't bode well. The part, the part where I laughed is very early in the movie, where he's uh, he's scrubbing the floor or whatever with a brush. He starts thinking, and he accidentally puts the brush to his mouth. He's like, what, what the? That is hysterical to me, and that's based on uh, Jackie Chan's favorite movie star, who is... Bust, no. Buster Keaton. And uh, <laughs> silent movie star. And that's one of the things... I don't know what that is. I love Buster Keaton. I like him more than Charlie Chaplin. Don't. Good. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I think the reason I like Buster Keaton is that he, he represents the universality of comedy. 
everyone will laugh at Buster Keaton's movies because you don't need to speak English for them. They are just funny the way that they are. Same thing with Jackie Chan movies is everyone has a good time because him punching a guy in and hurting his hand or using a ladder to avoid people, that's always funny and it's entertaining. It shows all the hard work he puts into everything. Uh, and unfortunately, I think once he got to America and they, they were like, yeah, let's use his star power over here, they, they weren't willing to make a movie that's art. They were willing to make a product. And that's what Shanghai Noon immediately strikes me as. You know, there isn't a whole lot of, uh, okay, let's, we, we had Rush Hour, let's just put them in the, whole, in the Old West. It's like, well, we have a bunch of very shitty set pieces that we didn't flesh them out. Jackie will just improvise and make it funny. And Jackie does not improvise. He just, you know, he's just Jackie Chan. He, he can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's he going to add? He accidentally he says babysitter his... instead of baby sister. <laughs> like every outtake is him just saying the complete wrong word and everyone laughs he just looks like what i don't understand i think my favorite thing is, Why is everyone laughing he's, he's got to be like 70 years old he's still terrible at speaking english <laughs> like there's never been a time where i saw him on like conan or something where i could understand more than three words he was saying <laughs> oh i love his appearances on conan though he always has a great time i, I like when conan asks him where it's like so why don't you do more romances and uh Chang's like like you too old and <laughs> the look on conan's face <laughs> <laughs> oh there's another one i think it might be the same interview where uh conan's talking to him and uh he's like jackie's trying to tell a story and conan keeps interrupting him with like little jokes and uh i think jackie says please stop talking and uh he's, he keeps telling his story the look on conan's face <laughs> uh I, I love jackie chan i'm a huge huge jackie chan fan and my friend jonathan Donnell, i've been friends with him ever since i think he was able to walk uh is also a jackie chan fan he's watched jackie chan adventures you know that shitty i mean that cool jackie. cartoon yeah who he that show he was barely on <laughs> It's more about his daughter. All right, stand in front of this green screen for a couple seconds here. You're going to give a little intro and outro to the show. Here you go. Uh, Today we learn about friendship. Cut. Perfect. <laughs> Here's a million I tried dollars. to play Super Mario Brothers, but I played it too much. It was addicting. Here's my thought. Don't play video games. And <laughs> the end. <laughs> Didn't listen to a word you said, Jackie. Bruce Lee would have kicked your ass. So, uh... Folks, what the Chinese people need is more government restrictions. Sorry, what, Jackie? Uh, you were supposed to talk about the Game Gear. Oh, okay. See his smile and thumbs up. All right, you know, we'll just roll. Kids don't fucking pay attention. So, Parker, let's... I guess we have to. Let's talk about Shanghai Noon. You go first. I feel like I enjoyed Noon more than you did. I wouldn't say I laughed a lot, but there were a bunch of smirks like, oh, that's cute. Uh, I think they were, I think the smirks were just let down because I really like the action scenes. Any Jackie Chan action scene is probably going to get a smile on my face. Can we just say at the top that Shanghai Noon's a really good title for this movie? It is. That's a really, really can, good movie. Can we credit where credit's due? That's good stuff. The unfortunate thing is it's also let down by the choke. It's like, yeah, it's terrible. I'm not even from Shanghai. <laughs> <laughs> Which is unfortunately just not as good as the joke that they used in Rush Hour, where he, uh, Chris Tucker's like, yeah, if you get busted, just use my ID. And it shows like Chris Tucker with an afro. And uh, Jackie Chan says, this will never work. I'm not 6'4". <laughs> 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 that fucking movie rocks okay so <laughs> if only <laughs> they have to uh go back to carson city remember in con air when they, they uh, <laughs> i didn't uh, make that connection actually yeah uh and uh okay they're having fun and there's a train robbery oh thank god walter Look. goggins 
Fucking surprise Walton Goggins immediately up another star. Yeah, so when I said that this movie's not very good, Walton Goggins is having a... Boy, shouldn't he have been in here instead of Owen Wilson? I mean, I want him in just about every movie. It's a, I've it's a made, very honestly. different movie, but it's a problem. I am a thousand percent going to Redbox the Tomb Raider movie just because he plays a prominent role in it. Oh, hell yeah. My dedication runs deep. You, look. you need to stop watching cartoons and watch Vice Principals on HBO. Because he is incredible in it. Fine, fine. But either way, yeah, he's the second best part of this movie. Obviously, the best part is Jackie Chan. Third best is Lucy Liu. Hey, I. What What was about Lucy Liu? What was the the deal? Where, where did she get her start? Do we know where Lucy Liu got her start? Was it in Charlie's Angels? You know, I was gonna say that as a joke, but honestly, it's very possible. You know, that's the thing. I feel like we as a nation wasted a lot of Lucy Liu's prime just casting her in shit like this or uh, okay movies like this. Thank God for Kill Bill. Well, okay, yeah, Kill Bill. And uh, at least she's really found her footing on that new Sherlock Holmes movie. I don't remember what it's called, but uh, or TV show. Oh, my God. What? My dad really likes that show. No, just do not talk about Sherlock Holmes this episode. I might have a fucking stroke. Oh, God, good point. Yeah. Hey, let's see. I see a whole bunch of TV roles. We're doing one episode with an Asian name on all of them. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. Uh, look, I, I just really like uh, Lucy Liu. I think that uh, she's a good actress and... Uh, you know, she's one of the people who's trying really, really hard in this movie, and credit to her for it. But the other thing is that, like, she also has a bit of a reputation, I think, of being hard to work with, mostly because she and Bill Murray kind of got into it on um, uh, the, the Charlie's Angels thing. Apparently, they kind of got yeah. into a fight or something. Uh, but in this, I've also heard that uh, Jackie Chan is like really serious on his uh, movie sets, mostly because his life is on the line in every single movie he makes. <laughs> Uh, there's one scene, remember towards the climax, where he uh, he ends up uh, kind of on top of her, and they don't even make a joke about it, because gutter balls are this movie's uh, forte. In the outtakes, that was one of my favorite parts, where he's on top of her, he's just holding her tight, and like almost kissing her, saying, Oh, Lucy Lou, I killed so many bad guys. And she, her <laughs> laugh is the cutest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> right? That's more than she does in the rest of the movie. I know, she never... I don't even think she's... She smiles. exists to be kidnapped. Yeah, I... Uh, Very cool. Yeah. She's a... She, she's a princess. Uh, and she is reduced to... Uh, uh, she's, she's a MacGuffin in this movie. Absolutely. And they say, hi, oh... Hi, human female woman. You are the thing that they will go rescue. They say, oh, I, I have to stay here so I can help out the Chinese people who are being enslaved. How much of that do we get to see in this movie, Parker? Don't tell anyone who I am. Now let me help them. Yeah, I can help them because I speak a little bit of English. <laughs> I speak enough for a uh, globally released movie to have a conversation in English. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Anyway, yeah, I like Lucy Liu and I like Walton Goggins. Uh, so you realize very early in the movie, still in the first act, that, oh, this is not going to be anywhere near as good as Rush Hour. Rush Hour, I think, took itself a little bit more seriously, which is weird because it's also a lot funnier. But Chris Tucker was a very competent cop, even though he didn't play by the rules and did a lot of really bizarre shit. If he fired a gun, he would probably hit you. Owen Wilson is a cowboy? A goddamn buffoon. Yeah, he's a, a bandit of some sort. I, I don't understand what they're trying to make him out to. He seems incompetent. He seems like he's being dragged along by Jackie Chan in this movie. But you know what? Owen Wilson, 
I thought about it. Must have made just a gorillion dollars in the late 90s and early 2000s. I know. Okay, so I talked about the nation maybe wasting Lucy Liu. Did we use too much Owen Wilson when we could have just been putting Lucy Liu in his place? Here's my hot take. I think he's pretty good at what he's supposed to do in this one. Not the sequel. But I think in this one he does just fine. Okay, I, I can understand that a bit because by Shanghai Nights, boy, Owen Wilson's act is wearing fucking thin. Whereas in this movie, I, I, I watch this stuff, I'm like, I can see the joke, and the joke connects, it lands, but it's not making anywhere near as much of an impact as Chris Tucker did. So it's it just doesn't work for me as well. And a lot of people have said, I think erroneously, that Jackie Chan movies are only as good as his partner. No, Jackie Chan movies are as good as Jackie Chan is, uh, with the exception of the tuxedo. And uh, <laughs> and uh, the medallion. <laughs> And Cannonball Run too, but uh, in this oh my God. <laughs> in this, uh, it's it's more that uh, the the movie the movie's jokes aren't as good as uh, they could be. Uh, like Jackie Chan's always funny. Like everything he does and says is is pretty much funny. Sometimes his lines aren't very good, but the way he delivers them is always pretty entertaining. You know. Look, this is still a year before Zoolander. Like we we are just about entering peak Owen Wilson. It's a very quick decline afterwards, but like Owen Wilson was in Wedding Crashers, right? He was that was him. Yeah. So what's the like, so what is his best movie? It's either Wedding Crashers or Midnight in Paris, right? Oh, I was gonna stick with Zoolander. Oh, okay, Zoolander too. <laughs> okay, I've sat through that fuck. You want to have an episode? I'll fucking freak out. That movie made me so mad. <laughs> that movie. Oh, you did not Ooh. like Zoolander too. Ooh, that's one of the ones I wanted you to write about. There, somewhere, somewhere on, on my Evernote, there are a lot of words that were written at 6 a.m. when I was awake from various reasons. Oh, boy. I, I might have to write about how much I hated uh, fucking Dumb and Dumber 2. Oh, I've never said... God, oh, sh I mean, I've totally said it. There's no reason to ever voice that upon me. Once the Cowboys lose in embarrassing fashion. Voiced it funny. Anyway, uh, yeah, that movie. Shut <laughs> free time. <laughs> Got Shanghai Noon, Meet the Parents, Royal Tenenbaums Behind Enemy Lines, and then Zoolander. Okay, so and he's been in a lot of immediately, And then immediately it goes to I Spy, Shanghai Nights, Starsky and Hutch, Around the World in 80 Days, Meet the Fockers. Ooh. Wedding, like, Ooh. But now he's just making that Cars money forever, so he's fine. I forgot he was in Cars, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. making so much money. It's like, as much as I want to criticize everyone, I know everyone's going to do that awful joke where, like, Owen Wilson, wow. It's like, yeah, I get it, that's his voice. Uh, actually, like, wait. He's very much one delivery, but I feel like he does it well in this Actually, movie. okay, it's not I, his fault I thought more about it. Sucks it does, the script does totally suck. I actually thought about one line that it gives that I did actually laugh out loud at besides the brush scene it's when they're looking at the posters and he's like hey check it out i'm a wanted man this will drive the ladies crazy he's like he's like look i'm also a wanted man and he's like what that's terrible a thousand dollars it's like i uh, know i'm not even from shanghai and uh owen wilson's reaction to that is like well, that's stupid you're you're like my second justice system's messed up <laughs> i don't know why that, that one really got me like i feel like i don't know i feel like he delivers these lines with enough enthusiasm to be like, look, this is dog shit. I don't know but karate, give it my all. but I know karate. Look, we don't, we don't have to talk about it. I, I forgot that line existed, 
and he got halfway through it and a chill went down my spine <laughs> as it all came flooding back to me <laughs> but like i've been like like pretty early on where he gets buried waist deep and he he's dreaming that he's in a whorehouse and he wakes up in the desert i'm like oh, that's cute that's a cute little reveal that they completely steal and redo again in the next movie I think they actually did it better in the second movie. Because they do it on a bigger scale. Oh, they do do it on a bigger scale. I guarantee you that whenever that movie came out, that H. Parker was walking around doing that goat noise for (laughs) at least the rest of that week. I I bet if I text my mom right now, she would have a fucking Vietnam flashback. (laughs) I did not see these movies going up, I can tell you that. Um, Probably for the best. Saw the second one in theaters, because that's... That's the family tradition. Rent a first movie. Go. That's pretty funny. We should see the sequel when it comes out, and it's always good. No, that's meet a, the Fockers. Build family, family tradition did that. We saw all the uh, Austin Powers movies on DVD. Oh man, not a great use of our time. Not future episodes. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin those good memories <laughs> I have with my family. There's no need. It'll just upset me. Oh, there, there are some, there are some lines in Austin Powers that still hold up. There are some things that absolutely do not. Um, Everything with Tom Arnold is actually gold. I will fight anyone on this. Who does number two work for? Sure, that turd is boss, Chris. <laughs> That's good. That's good stuff for the whole family. <laughs> That's one way to lose your head. It's no way to get ahead in life. Danny DeVito as Mini Me is quality. <laughs> that my dad laughed so hard at that. <laughs> Boy, that movie sure sure takes a nosedive after that scene. Oops. Huh? Anyway, uh, uh, yeah. So Shanghai Noon. Uh, did the end it kind of like uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? You've never seen it. Um, I don't know what that is? So the Indians. Shall, shall we talk about them? Was that respectful, yeah. or was it, um, could have been, some, um... Some, it's about what I expected. It's, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, then he marries that girl. That girl looked like she was, like, 14. Yeah, you know what? It was a different time. It's a different culture. Yeah, it was, Don't ask it was too many okay questions. It okay back then. Uh, and making the joke... Oh, he didn't have any complaints last night. He just fucked a 14-year-old. What the hell? Um... <laughs> You got him really high off sweet, sweet engine weed. Let him <laughs> fuck your underage daughter, and now she's his property. Yeah, great. That's like Hooray. that's like I don't think you've ever seen it, but there's a John Wayne movie. Oh, we'll get into that in a second. Uh, called The Searchers, God. and The Searchers is a masterpiece. That's one of the all-time greatest westerns. Like that's one of the ones where you watch, you're like, oh my god, John Ford, what the hell? Like it, it's I think so I have good. That, yeah, yeah. It's uh, he's searching for his daughter. It's Natalie, or his niece i guess it's natalie wood she's been captured by uh the native americans asked to rescue her and he is a bigot in the movie and uh at the end he overcomes it and decides uh to become a little bit more accepting and stuff like that his humanity reaches it this is the thing humanity is a big part of movies for me and that's why i like the searchers so much there's also an extended scene in the middle of the movie that should have been cut where the guy accidentally buys a wife and I'm like, oh, that's kind of not very sensitive to their culture that we stole. John Wayne has some thoughts about that, but uh, <laughs> oh, I bet John, I bet the Duke has some real intense thoughts about engines. You, do you know what he said about them? Oh, he said that they were being selfish, trying to keep all that land for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a glass half full kind of guy. Yeah. He 
sending a plane. Goddamn Comanche hogging all their land. I feel you. Yeah, they should have just shared it with us. Now we have to take all of it. Trail of Tears. Here you go. Hey, thanks for keeping my seat warm. <laughs> Wouldn't be the Trail of Tears if you quit crying. Now skedaddle. My fucking hero. He's dead. <laughs> Great actor, though. Suck shit. So, the movie tries to be cute. Fuck they him. name him... It is one goddamn inflection. Whatever. I like I like Suck John Wayne. John I Wayne. like John Wayne a lot. Oh, you're gonna watch The Searchers. Anyway, uh... I've seen it. You're gonna watch Stagecoach. Then, uh, he's, yeah. uh... So he plays... Jackie Chan plays Chan Wang. Like, Chan Wang. That was cute the first time. I, I was like, then oh, they say I get it. Over and over funny. and over again in the opening scene. I'm like, oh, my oh God. that's unfortunate. And Owen Wilson's character's real name that they never address is actually Wyatt Earp. That's a terrible name for a cowboy. Oh, my God. I, uh... That was so bad, because, like... Okay, clearly I like this movie more than you. Yeah, not I much had a more. I, I, I didn't with think it. it was like awful. I was just like, I, I just the entire time I kept thinking it, was, it wasn't as good as Rush Hour. I thought it was a bit long, but like you know what? I didn't feel like I wasted my time with it. I had an enjoyable time. Smirked a couple times. Action scenes were pretty good, but this movie ends on the worst fucking joke in the entire movie. It ends on that fucking white herb thing, and man, you want to talk about just a sour note to end on? Boy, it really it's, is, isn't it? It fucking it ruins. Okay, that's a little hyperbolic to say it ruins the entire movie. But it really just leaves you going out on it. Uh, oh but then, you know, there's outtakes and Jackie Chan almost Oh my god, I just thought of... Uh, what, what was it What was it called? Um, Look, the outtake of him accidentally farting in the tub like makes up for a lot of this movie. Well, let's be fair. The, often the best part of his movies, like, as bad as the tuxedo and the medallion were, it's worth it for the bloopers, you know? Um... Let me look up something. Like, I enjoy Owen Wilson and Jackie Chan doing... Just hanging out as bros, sharing a bath and playing a drinking game together. Just getting into a bunch of rowdy shenanigans. That's good, clean family fun. You know what's weird is I actually... I, I kind of like that, that drinking game scene. Just because of how much fun they're having how much energy they're having. But I don't really know what the punchline is there. Uh, besides, no, absolutely they not. get drunk. Hooray. I will defend Owen Wilson in this movie. I think he does great. There you go. I will say great. I'll say he does great. We will get to Shanghai Night Yeah, show. Uh, one more thing here. Um, about ending on that note, it's like, oh, and he was wider the whole time. They do that for like a lot of movies, and unfortunately I'm thinking of a really bad one for you. Oh man, maybe I kind of I kind of want I really want to sign this as punishment when you eventually lose a bet. This is called The Magic Voyage, 1992 German-British animated uh movie about christopher columbus going to discover america why have you seen a german movie from the 80s about christmas go ahead from the 90s and uh, oh <laughs> yeah me? with a woodworm who tells him that the earth was round and they meet a fairy and what appears to be the evil smog god monster from fern gully uh uh-huh. this movie is garbage it's seriously one of the worst animated movies i've ever seen in my life um i think i rented it from the from the library when i was really young i was like oh this is awful uh but the main problem i have with it is that christopher columbus voiced by dom de louise because why not uh <laughs> at the end he's like hey we discover a new city right and uh hey maybe they name a place after us i don't know i no. think columbus circle sounds pretty good to me i'm like yeah they named columbus circle after this guy just mm. uh, like mm. the thought of finding the tv tropes page about this thing 
It makes my hair stand up on end. Because I would have to hate read the entire thing. I'd have to go to TV trips. I'm not going to do that. So it's a good thing this doesn't continue in any other movies that we watch this week. So there's a good thing. God. So Shane, fucking Kid Rock plays in this movie. You know what? You're right. <laughs> Fuck it. See, I. It's, oh, it's rough. there's one last. Yeah, thing. go for it. I don't know if you noticed this, but it was in the very end of the church scene in the shootout. Oh yeah. No one Wilson had the worst fucking sunburn, and it was all I could stare at the entire climax. Oh, he did. I didn't his, even notice. His face was beet red the entire end. But yeah, it's. It also sucks because it's just a really tidy wrap everything up in a bow ending where, hey, oh no, we stopped them. Oh, but the bandits are outside. Oh, but the engines are there. Oh man, everything's great. Hey, yeah, you know weird. what? We'll be a family. Hey, let's all go. That really was kind of and weird, the, wasn't it? And then the worst joke in the movie, and then it ends. And then there's outtakes of Jackie Chan almost dying for this silly movie. Yeah, which was pretty cool, I have to admit. I have to, I have to say... Uh, I was playing Street Fighter 2 on the separate screen while I watched this, and whenever it got to a Jackie Chan action scene, I had to pause the game because the action on screen was never as good as whatever Jackie was doing. That's the thing, is as good as a fighting game could possibly get, and people argue that Street Fighter 2 is the greatest of all time, I disagree, it's never going to be quite as entertaining as just all the blocks and like hits that Jackie could do. He's just so much fun to watch in everything he does. I do not understand how he's still alive. I'm going to be completely oh, honest with you. That's the thing. is, I've, I've seen all of his most dangerous stunts. This fucking dude. Oh, man. This absolute project. He should not be okay. That's the thing. It's like so, one of the things he's talked about. Uh, we'll use this as a transition. One of the things he's talked about is that uh, people talk, look at him as an idol. He's like, I'm not that impressive. I, anyone can do these stunts. It's about patience. See, the way that his action scenes are, are done, and this is something that American fight scenes really, really lack, is that there's so much more effort and uh, more time and a lot of money put into his fight scenes because they shoot them constantly again and again and again to do it perfectly the right way and no hiding some of the action with the camera angle or, or, or something like that and it's not just because he can jump and punch and kick and flip because a lot of the time he can't do it a lot of the outtakes that they do not show you are the ones where he misses or he's going too fast or he's going too slow he's like okay do it from the top again and it takes like 80 takes he says i'm not that impressive i'm just patient i'm willing to do it over and over and over and over again and that's why his uh, american movies his action stunts are a little bit less impressive than his chinese ones because because in China, they are willing to wait to get just the right perfect take for some of the more impressive stunts, you know? Um, and one of the, the funny things that he says to Conan is, like, in uh, in China, if I wanted to jump off a snowboard onto a helicopter, we'd have to get the helicopter, we'd have to get the snowboard, I'd have to jump off of it, and i better not die. Uh, but in this movie, I say, I, okay, I'll get the snowboard and the helicopter, and they tell me, no, no, Jackie, we have a blue screen. He says, I think I want to use a blue screen in more of my Chinese movies. I'm sick of almost dying. You know? And it's <laughs> unfortunate because the blue screen never looks as good as his real stunts even if he almost dies, and it's like, it's kind of like a sacrifice for the art, and I appreciate it. Uh, but then again, if you're going to sacrifice yourself for art like Shanghai Nights, y your time has been is better spent elsewhere. So, okay, I can just lead with this off the top then. So I thought, I wrote down a couple times that none of the action scenes and nights were doing anything for me. Like, they're just cut so quickly. Mm -hmm. You don't have the long takes of, like, absolutely pitch perfect timing doing everything right just cut 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 american bullshit mm -hmm. i was like they did nothing for me and then you get to the end and you see the outtakes and he's just getting the absolute dog shit knocked out of him 
for nothing because it doesn't look good. See, there's a and it really upset me. See, that's one of the things I told you that uh, it was actually an interview with him. He says uh, someone asks, "What is Jackie Chan like in real life?" He says. It, when I'm not on a movie set, I'm I'm very nice, very friendly. I like to give out hugs. I like to do thumbs up. He says his favorite stunt is a thumbs up. Uh, but uh, he he says, but when I'm uh, making a movie, I'm like a I'm like a monster, like a tiger. And I'm like, I can see why it is, because again, he's putting his life on the line. I I assume he'd be like Bill Belichick, you know? He'd be like, you know, saying why? There it is. Hey, Patriots are racing all time. But there's two stunts in the uh, in the bloopers here. I like how we skipped the entire movie, went right to the bloopers, where he's clearly not happy about something. Uh, something very clearly went wrong, and he when he says something, he's chewing someone out. You can tell because Jackie Chan is not just Jackie Chan. He also has the JC stunt team. They're the ones who are responsible for making sure he doesn't get killed, and they're also the ones who are responsible for choreographing. You'll notice that whenever he's in a scene with guns, he has to quickly get rid of all the guns in there. They're the guys, a group of like four or five people who have to figure all of this out. How does he get rid of the guns in the scene? Now he can start kicking people. That sort of thing. How does he jump? onto this pole without getting sliced in two and there's a lot that goes into this and sometimes they screw up and if that's the case he can get very badly injured and that can screw up filming and he's going to let someone know about it so the first one is where he's jumping on that like that awning to bounce the other guy up and he just goes right through it and he yells what happened and you can tell that's very much uh belichick asking after an interception what happened out there same sort of one where he goes through like i think he's fighting donnie yen disappointment on the boat and he goes through and you hear him and and you can hear him yell you're supposed to catch me like you boy can you be the guy who didn't catch jackie chan and by the way it owns that donnie in just takes a look and pulls everyone back like no 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 you you americans stay back yeah (laughs) you fucked this up somehow no, it's actually, it was probably uh, part of his Chinese team. I don't think Jackie Chan trusts anyone except for his uh, team. Then again, he spoke in English, so who knows. Um, <laughs> that's the thing, is like, so you see Donnie Yen's in the opening credits, you're like, oh man, Donnie Yen versus Jackie the Chan? first time in history, these two meet and up. this is what I get? That well, was one of the worst fight sequences I've seen. But mostly because I was so hyped for it. I thought it'd be great. I didn't think it... I was prepared to be underwhelmed. That's a good point. I thought it was going to end, like, a third of the way through it. I was surprised at how long it went on. It wasn't as good as I wanted it to be, but let's be honest. If it was as good as I thought it was going to be... It would have been the movie. I would have heard someone talking about it at any point in the last 15 years. That's a good point. The other thing is that, like... This is going to sound weird. I watched Ip Man and Ip Man 2 before I watched uh, Rumble in the Bronx. So so you see Ip Man, and it's like one of the famous scenes is where he's fighting that, like, wooden dummy with all the appendages. It's like all the Wing Chun is going bang, 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 all this stuff, step one, step two, all this other stuff. It looks cool. Jackie Chan does it except a lot better in Rumble in the Bronx. If we're going to talk about who's who's a better martial artist, you would know better than I would. Man, Jackie Chan, I honestly think prime Jackie Chan would easily take Donnie yet. Am I wrong? But Donnie Yen has been the same age for about 30 years now. That's a good point. Um, Yeah, he does not age at all. It's weird. Uh, But 
I man, you see him in Rumble in the Bronx. He's he is huge. I want to get on the Jackie Chan workout program, but uh, oh, we should have picked Rumble in the Bronx. Uh, we should have. The girl in that movie is in the slideshow too. Uh, but uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's like it's it just seemed like an American fight scene. The quick cutting and everything like that. It wasn't going to be entertaining. I mean, look, I'm not saying that Jackie Chan could have taken Bruce Lee because he couldn't. Even Jackie said it as like so. Jackie was asked, "Who would win in a fight? You or Bruce Lee?" He said, "Bruce Lee." I'd let him win. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, this that, that might be our our little ending thing. Instead of an ending song, I'm going to uh, Jackie Chan's best story ever, where he talks about the time he got his ass kicked by Bruce Lee. <laughs> what a time to be Bruce alive. Lee! Accidentally kicked him way too hard and probably like broke a rib or something like that. And Jackie says, "No, I'm very young, very very strong, but uh, I pretended like it hurt." And uh, Bruce Lee was holding me in his arms, and uh, I was fine. But uh, I was like. Oh, oh, it hurts so much. I just want to be in his arms. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, the whole thing cuts off. He's like, you're going to be in my next movie. And uh, the next movie never came out because Bruce Lee died. Whoops. Yeah, oh, I love Bruce Lee movies. I love Jackie Chan movies. We should watch a Jackie Chan movie. How about Shanghai Nights? So Yeah, that'd be good. The movie starts off with that. So the Lord Wild Rathbone. <laughs> his fucking name <laughs> Is Lord Rathbone. I know, which already that doesn't sound good. That sounds like a really bad porn name. Then they go to uh, Jolly Old England. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I'm sure there won't be a bunch of obnoxious jokes for the next near the fucking I nerf. don't know how it lasts that long. I have to admit, he was like, here's one that should have been funny but wasn't. Oh so my they God. do the spotted dick joke. Uh huh, huh, huh. I actually like the writing. I like the writing where he says, Stu's asked me if I have the clap. That's that's funny. Like, a, a clap would give you a spotted dick. That's funny. I, if I ever had sex, I might know what an STD looks like. But it's just delivered poorly, and the whole thing is bad. And then they even it's, do the haggis joke. Get the it? sheep splatter. That's funny. Yeah, it's uh, it's not what you expected. You actually <laughs> This isn't like gross. America at all. Well, we better make sure we don't stop bringing that up for the rest of the movie. See, a lot of movies fall into like a three act structure. I don't think oh my, Shanghai Nights has fits one. Forty seven like third acts. Structure. I was losing my goddamn mind watching it. <laughs> I thought the bad guy of the movie was going to be Sir Topham Hat when they're in that hotel in New York. Now, you're a bit of an impressionist. Can you please do an impression of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I, it, that would actually be uh, somewhat. I don't think I can. It's it's like because it's part of it, me just wants to do a Jason Statham. Like, it borders oh, on that. <laughs> it's like yeah. It's like it's are blackface. You you're not British actually people. British, are you? Yeah, it's basically <laughs> the Adventures of Colonel. Hello, hello. I just right Britain for. Two hours. <laughs> it's like those those tweets. It's like I I, I nicked my mom's gabba in it. Swear on me, Graham's grave. I'll hook you in the gabba. Swear on me, mum. <laughs> it's that picture. It's a picture from fucking Harry Potter where it's Ron and Hermione on the train, and she asks him for a chocolate frog, and he's just like, "You fucking god, I'll hook you on the gabbers where Grom's grave, and she just looks at the back to her face. She looks slightly concerned. Ah, that picture's better than this movie. 
Yeah, yeah, it is. So, uh, Parker, do you like pop songs? You know, I've become more familiar with a couple in this last week. <laughs> Indeed you have. See, there's a couple things I, I did like. So, when he starts using the umbrella, I was like, wait, that's actually pretty cool. Now, I'm going to defend some of the action scenes of this movie. Because I thought the umbrella scene, when he first busted him out, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then they started playing Singing in the Rain. I like singing it in the rain. I like that movie a lot. And at first, they start doing it. I was like, okay, I get it. And there's like a lot of people when people are watching this. It's like that movie came out like 50 years ago. I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cute. And then the action starts cutting. And it's like, oh, you know, in China, they would have done this all in one take. It would have been really cool. You know? So, I don't know. He, it's it's okay. It's just, when he starts opening it up really quick, I just started like thinking <laughs> of the Penguin from the 1960s Batman. Um, but... Uh, then they just play a whole bunch of pop songs. Like, the action scenes, I'm not going to say they're bad, because I will never say Why? Jackie Chan action scene is bad. But if you were to ask me, hey, Parker, what do you think an American version of an elaborate Chinese Jackie Chan action scene looks like? It's everyone in this movie. What if we took, like, instead of having months to prepare and just shoot and shoot and shoot until it's right, what if we just fixed it in editing? Now, you say that, but there's one big exception. One that actually put a huge smile on my face. And it's towards the climax, I think. Or one of the climaxes, who knows. Uh, So, you actually have to go back to Rush Hour. I wish we did. Go back to Rush Hour 1. Because, see, the the creativity of uh, these action scenes is part of the fun. It's not just, oh, what if Jackie Chan has a ladder? That's that's not enough. It's like just saying he has an umbrella. It's like, there's got to be a little bit more to it. You know, there's got to be something funny. There's got to be some humor to it. That's why in the very first Rush Hour movie where he has to defend that priceless Chinese face, that's funny because it adds an extra element in there. It's an extra limitation to him. You have to fight these people without destroying this face. And that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie because it really just shows how much talent they had just choreographing that whole thing, just making sure you get it right. And in this movie, it's like they do the opposite of it. And I really like that scene where he's he's making that guy hold a whole bunch of those vases because he doesn't want to break them. That, to me, is really funny. Now, they do not explain why he doesn't want to break them. That's fine. But the reason that scene is just not quite as good as the uh, original in Rush Hour is that the Rush Hour one had a punchline. The punchline to that vase joke is that it gets broken at the end. That's really funny. It's like, oh, all that hard work and effort, and at the end, it gets broken anyway. There's, for comedy, there has to be some sort of misery. Someone has to suffer along the way, and there, there it is. In this one, all the vases make it out okay, and that's not quite as funny. So I just want to say, like, the very easily, the best scene in Shanghai Nights, besides when Fan Wong licks uh, Owen Wilson on the, on the nose, I like that a lot uh is the is the face scene that face fight scene i want to put that as one of my favorite jackie chan fight scenes i'm completely serious i'm sorry which one the face you remember the uh, faces I'm, like he's he's making the guy like hold the face he's like the guy has one under his arm and he has I, another one under his other arm he's between his legs i mean it was easily the highlight of the movie but i wouldn't put that near my favorites I well, I mean, there's just so many to choose from, but it's like I don't know. I just I thought that was really funny, and it also shows that like Americans were learning and they were trying something different. It didn't work because again they didn't have a punchline, but it's like maybe it's a comparative thing compared to everything else in the movie. I mean, this in movie's fact, punchlines are more. Hey, uh, my name's Sherlock. Uh, Sherlock Holmes. Don't remember. Isn't that me. fucking funny? 
Hi, I'm a child. My name's Charlie Chaplin. Do you guys know who that is? Just look, I want to get into that in a second. I want to say one more positive about this movie. Fan Wong, who plays uh, Lin, his sister, she is in the slideshow. (laughs) Oh, when he said he was going to say something good about the movie, I realized you were just going to say this woman is attractive. Oh, well... Look, man, it's, this is not easy pickings for me. Like, you fucking movies you are the pickings. You picked this movie. You know, you have to live with it. Jeez, uh, I'm not proud of it. I just think that she was really funny and really sexy and that added something to the movie. All right, can I just, can I have that? So let's talk about the kid who plays Charlie Chaplin. Hey, do you know who that kid is? Who is that kid? It's Aaron Taylor Johnson, who you might know from Kick-Ass, friend. Really? Literally. His oh. first role is this shit-ass little kid who, for most of the movie, Owen Wilson just yells at and calls him an orphan and no one loves him, which is funny. Even in the bloopers are like, wow, that's just so unnecessarily mean. <laughs> who is that joke for? I, I just wish the movie had just paused and just said, he's the hero. <laughs> hey, Chris, um, remember when she fought Jack the Ripper? Because I forgot it, and then I just I, remembered uh, it, and I just started sweating. I'm getting real mad. Do people not understand that he's not just a serial killer, he was also a serial rapist? And that whenever you mention Jack the Ripper, it's like he was one of the biggest monsters in history? Yeah, but the girl kicked him over the bridge. I mean, he didn't die, so he's still out there just raping, just raping whoever. Hey, did you like the part in Shanghai Noon where our two heroes go to a whorehouse and then they have this weird, like, kind of homoerotic but not really bonding and then someone overhears the other one say something else and then they're upset for a bit but then they're friends again yeah in shanghai noon oh we should do that again yeah they you know that's the thing is i always hate that in movies they always do the misunderstanding oh or or something like or insensitive i don't fucking know i hate that and they do it from the other perspective this time it's still not good actually you know what i didn't like the pillow fight scene uh, Did you like was, Roy Baloney? Me neither. Oh, excuse me on that. Just an but, elaborate pillow fight with two naked dudes hanging out in a whorehouse, just smacking everyone with pillows. I've come to realize something. The entire 2000s, the whole decade, every single PG-13 comedy falls into the category of, hey, who's this movie for? That's a good point. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, what is the joke in the pillow fight scene? That, go, that scene goes on forever. I remember There's being a kid seeing this in theaters, and yeah, the Kama Sutra scene, cool. Love sitting next to my mom watching the dude flip through a sex book. But also, this movie is not funny for anyone over thirteen. So what are we doing? Who's this fucking for? Yeah, I, I don't fucking know. I, uh, what if we have a bunch of really shitty jokes and then also elaborate action scenes with a guy who speaks broken English? Fucking whatever. Sure. I'm sure that's fine. Also, portraying Donnie Yen as a bad guy. You know there's like a thing in Chinese like culture where if you play a good guy, you always play a good guy. You are really not allowed to kind of like stretch your role here. And that's why you always see Jackie Chan playing the hero because... Chinese people do not want to see you as a bad guy. I can respect that to a degree, but I also try to respect the artist trying to do different things here. But, uh, yeah, Donnie Yen is a bad guy. I was like, oh, I, I liked him more in Ip Man. Yeah, I want to you see know? Donnie Yen do cool things and I want to cheer for him. I don't want to watch him die before the climax so Jackie Chan can sword fight this snivelly rat dude from Game of Thrones. Oh, 
God, that the whole like action scene that is that taking place in Big I, Ben? I mean, I would bet my fucking is that, life like, the on great it. Great mouse detective. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that's a future episode. Maybe maybe that's just a movie for you to like uh, reward yourself. Yeah, with. a little treat for me. You know, if you win a bet, like uh, maybe you could just reward yourself with a movie instead of punishing me with one. Yeah, I bet you'd like that. After you recommended we watch Shanghai Nights, I bet you'd love a little gimme. It's not gonna fucking yeah. happen. You piece of garbage. Do we have anything else to say about Shanghai Nights? I'm sorry, this movie just doesn't have a lot of substance to it. I don't think it's a bad movie. You know, folks, I really don't because I've seen I've seen too many some, bad movies. This is not a bad. The peek behind the curtain. Sometimes you pick a movie and then you watch it the day before we record and you go, "Uh oh, I have <laughs> nothing to say." It's like it's better than Doctor Goldfoot, but it's nowhere near as good as. Uh, the haunting like the haunting is haunting i would watch movie. the haunting yeah, sure but there's a lot to say i about mean it. like i said earlier i would watch stay alive before i rewatched anything else i watched this week including these two i would watch stay alive again like tomorrow this. yeah put it to you like this we watched both shanghai noon and shanghai nights we didn't make a single haunting joke exactly there's so many opportunities that we're just like but if what, I had any enthusiasm end? about this movie, I would have mentioned a giant lion head knocking Royal Bannon's head off 14 times. But I just... I don't care. I don't feel like it's worth it, you know? I, I feel like Shanghai... I said about Shanghai Noon that feels more like a product than a movie. Shanghai Nights is the definition of this is a product. They put this out to make money and just to capitalize on the success, quotation marks, of the first movie. And I, it just kind of bothers me because this movie, like you said, it's not really made for anyone in particular. The way this fucking movie ends with just the constant beatdown of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Sean Wang movie star, that'll never Liar, happen. Charlie Chaplin. And Charlie Chaplin at the end with a fake mustache on it? Like, Come on. It's just a nonstop assault. It just beating you down. It's a real... First of all, I can't imagine... Did you hear they wanted to make a third one? Do it. Why would Owen Wilson put himself through these stupid stunts when he could just voice a car forever? It's what? What are? What are? Where are they gonna go? They gonna go to space? Why would John? Why would? Uh, sorry, I almost said John Wing. Why would uh, Jackie Chan do another one of these? I mean, I guess does he need the money? He is one of the biggest stars in the world. In 2016, he was a number two movie star in the world. Dude, Chinese fucking movies. Like, there's some movie I've never heard of that's like right behind Force Awakens for highest domestic gross in the movie in the country it came out in. Like. Like the Monkey King 2 or some shit I've never heard of. Oh, yeah. Seashells. Anyway, so what they're going to do is... <laughs> I, I just know that like the day he dies, his funeral procession is going to be so much bigger than Kim Jong-il's was. It turns out, like, everyone in Hong Kong fucking hates Jackie Chan. Well. And you know what? I'm sure they have good reasons politically. I'm sure it's terrible over there. But, you know, I just, that, just live in Texas. Hey, look, I don't care. I just want to watch him do funny things at the ladder. Yeah, the fucking pool Sorry. scene in Rush Hour. Boy. We got our own things to worry about over here. Sorry about your polluted air, but, uh, you know. So. Sometimes, uh, got enough stories about kids in cages. You just want to watch a man jump around and use a ladder to hit people. So let's sorry, not sorry. I guess we should talk about um, the fucking that uh, that I lost. Oh, buddy! Now you've made it very clear this episode that you're a big fan of Jackie Chan. 
Yeah. So I have a Jackie Chan movie provided by my friend Alex, my dear confidant and associate. It's got an all-star Why? cast here. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll find a way. It's got an all-star cast. You've got Jackie Chan, Adrian Brody, John Cusack. My friend, you're going to watch a film called Dragon Blade. <laughs> okay. All I, right. want you to, Dragon I want you to Blade. know that last night I texted him. Oh my god, it's over two hours long. I texted him like, hey, it's weird. Chris seems to have lost a bet. He didn't send me any text. All he sent me was the IMDb link and nothing else within minutes. He could feel your misery through the universe and was able to summon this movie in record timing. I'm so excited for you to tell me about this two-hour movie. Damn it. Okay. Well, you know, I bet it's going to be just fine. Now, Parker, we got to scramble. we got to think about what we're watching next. When corrupt Roman leader Tiberius arrives with a giant army to claim the Silk Road, Huon teams up with his army with an elite legion of defected Roman soldiers led by General Lucius. Oh my god, John Cusack plays a Roman war general who teams up with Jackie Chan to fight Adrian Brody. That sounds like a movie that takes itself too seriously and doesn't have this enough comedy. Looks very serious. Oh god. I'm so excited for you. You couldn't just give me Cannonball Run too. Yeah, you'd like that, wouldn't you? <laughs> Probably. So, Parker, uh, I've been reading a book with Must no pictures. Nice. And it's, it's called Meg, short for Megan McArdle. And Got her. Uh, it's... <laughs> It, uh, it's short for Megalodon, a giant shark, and it's going to be the basis for the movie that's coming out in August called The Meg. Uh, Jason Statham, Rain Wilson, and Lee Bing Bing, which is not my favorite search engine. And uh, it's, Every time. It, that looks exciting. That, that looks like it's going to be fun. And I was like, yeah, I'll read the book it was based on. And the book is okay, but it looks like the book is going to be a lot different from the movie. So I'm kind of into giant sharks. How about we watch uh, Jaws? That's a classic. You know what? I like the way you're thinking. We should watch a shark movie. As LL Cool J once said, deepest, bluest, my hat is like a shark's fin. <laughs> deepest, bluest, my hat is like a shark's fin. I will see you for Deep Blue Sea, and time permitting, I will most likely force myself to watch Deep Blue Sea too. And you know what? I bet next week, if I choose to watch that sequel, I will have a lot more appreciation for Shanghai Nights, because that looks like... <laughs> the worst piece of garbage.